Presented by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City and Andy's Frozen Custard. Holmes will fire it late for the end zone. Caught by Crossfield. Scantling on his backside. On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. Mahomes in the pocket. Floats a pass near side. Kelsey over the shoulder. He's got the catch. He's got the touchdown. Kansas City. This is the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Here's Jay Binkley. Welcome in. The Kansas City Chiefs continue to do what the Kansas City Chiefs do. Rinse and repeat what we talk about. Kansas City Chiefs wins 31-17 over the Chargers. I'm Jay Binkley with my man JT Noah. JT, you got the uh, Mahomes jersey on today. You The Chiefs one. You have rocked the college one, the Texas Tech one before. Uh, but Mahomes, a nice cool 424 and four touchdowns and 29 yards on the ground. He was over 30, but the uh, kneeling down at the end brought him under the 30 mark. So another uh, ho-hum awesome day for one Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he had a great game. I mean, Kelsey had a great game as well. National tight end day. So me and my brother have the tight end uh, quarterback duo. He has Kelsey's jersey. I have Mahomes' jersey, so it always works out well. And you knew Kelsey was going to come to play, not just because Taylor Swift was in stands, but it was national tight end day. No, it was National Tight End Day, and he's back-to-back 100 yards in the first half. I think he's, what, the first player to do it in the last five years. I saw that somewhere. But, yeah, Kelsey was unbelievable. At 179 yards receiving today, just showing how valuable he is to this offense. Uh, looking it up, it wasn't really on Twitter very much. Definitely wasn't on the uh, – uh, with Nance and Romo, unless I, I somehow missed it. But 179 yards Kelsey had. His career high was 191, so he's 12 yards away from his career high and definitely pacing that direction as well. And he was needed because we'll get to the wide receivers in just a minute. Rasheed Rice definitely needs more playing time for the Kansas City Chiefs. But to me, today was more about a message sent by the Kansas City Chiefs because it today was a clear message of what the AFC West is. It belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs. There's no other question about it. What you're watching in front of you is Mahomes versus his division. Andy Reid, Mahomes, Kelsey, the bunch versus the division. You have to play well in the six games in your division. The Chiefs have a three-game advantage already to win their eighth straight AFC West title. Mahomes now is 29-3 and against AFC West. Here's the breakdown. 8-2 and versus the Chargers. 9-1 and one against the Raiders, 12-0 and 0 against the Broncos. If you're counting, that is just three losses for Patrick Mahomes as he goes an impressive 29-3 against the division. And it's a warning shot that the, the more things stay the same, <laughs> the more things never change. Because right now the Chiefs just have their thumbprint all over this division where they win by two points, three points, one point, ten points, 14 points, it doesn't matter. They just find ways to win, and other teams just get frustrated with it because they should know the Kansas City Chiefs well. They should know their weaknesses. They should know what makes them tick, what doesn't make them tick. I will say this, the Chargers have a head coach problem, and they're more than welcome to keep Brandon Staley along as long as they want to because he just doesn't know how to coach defense, and I know that he's calling a lot of the plays, needs to turn it over as defensive coordinator. They, they have some issues. The Chiefs uh, were all over them offensively. The Chiefs had 483 yards on this to 358 of the Chargers. Brenton Staley, of course, a defensive mind, was the defensive coordinator of the Rams. 
before coming over to the Chargers. In their defense, is 32nd against the pass, 31st in total defense. This defense is really bad. Their offense is good. With the Chiefs pitching that shutout in the second half was good. The Chargers did score some points on the Chiefs in the first half. Those 17 points scored on the Chiefs. They were moving the football. But then the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo kind of put the clamps down. And I thought both teams defensively played well in the second half. First half was was a fun half. And the uh, second quarter was drunk, man. 21 points for the Chiefs, 14 for the Chargers. That was back and forth uh, ping pong football, what they saw. But this was a warning shot to the AFC West. Like, if you want to beat the Chiefs, <laughs> you better put your big boy pants on because this is complete mastery. And we know Mahomes is 16-0 and on the road against uh, this division. Were you aware of that number, JT? That he's... That's on the road. Yeah, I knew he was undefeated on the road. I know he's got those losses at home because you remember the Raiders had their little dance around the stadium on the buses. He also had the Chargers game where we fumbled, it felt like, every time we touched the football. So it always feels like they get our number one time almost every year at at our place, but we never lose on the road. And this is a home game. He's 29-3 and combined against AFC West. Again, he's 8-2 and against the Chargers, 12-0 and against the Broncos in his career, 9-1 and against the Raiders. That is just complete domination and ownership of the AFC West. Of course, Andy Reid's uh, a major part of that as well, putting Petra Mahomes in the place to succeed. But it's got to be frustrating if you're playing the Chiefs. The Chargers had the chance there. I thought Brandon Staley coached the game the way he should. You know, he stopped rolling the dice so much. I think he rolls the dice a little bit more on fourth and ones, maybe some fourth and twos. Anything that was fourth and three, I think he thought it was kind of out of the realm of possibility. But the Chiefs have laid the gauntlet down that to win the AFC West, you've got to find a way to beat this team. And no one seems to be able to do it. The Chargers were on a run. The Chiefs' offense, people keep saying the offense looks bad, and the national heads keep wondering what's wrong with the Chiefs' offense. That's the NFL, man. The NFL's got an offensive problem this year. The points are down in the NFL. The defense has been better. But it was a clear case today. I mean, the Chiefs are coming into this game second in the NFL in passing. Believe it or not, they are second in the NFL in passing behind only the Miami Dolphins. I mean, that is crazy to think of when you think of some of these passing performances, but number two. And Mahomes is doing it with magic. He's turning water into wine. Because what I saw today was receivers with a lot of drop passes that were frustrating. Saw a McCool Hardman drop. Saw a uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire drop. MVS dropped. I saw guys falling down on routes like Rasheed Rice did one time. And Kelsey... Mr. Consistent for the Kansas City Chiefs. MBS had a nice game, three catches, 84 yards. Did have the, the one drop for the Chiefs. Rasheed Rice, a nice five for, for 60 and one. And Rasheed Rice is kind of separating himself. I love when he has the ball in his hands, yards after catch. He becomes a running back with the ball in his hands. You look at his, uh, his playing time for the Chiefs, 51% was the high water mark a couple weeks ago against the Bears, 49% of the snaps last week. I feel that needs to be up to about 80%, 85%. We're now, you know, 6-1. and one. You're now through the part of the season where you can kind of right, figure out, all right, who's going places and who isn't. Because there are seven games in the season now. Now it's kind of kind of separate. I get the first couple games are more of a feel, but now you start separating it out. Who can you trust? Kadarius Tony, not a guy you can trust. It's the one catch uh, tonight. Sky Moore, two catches, 15 yards. You know, he's not really put himself in that position. Rasheed Rice has. That is scaling, nice game, but he had zero last week. 
only 12 yards the week before and only six yards before that. But again, Kelsey's been Mr. Consistent for the Chiefs, but they need more than that. They need more than just him because you know how bad it looks when he's out of the game. The one game he's out, they lost to the Detroit Lions. Still don't know how they lost. I mean, they lost by one point, but, I mean, that came down to Kadarius Tony letting the ball bounce off him. Well, I mean, you also got to think about it. Like, you listen to Patrick Mahomes' press conference, and he goes, don't talk to me about my interception. Don't look at MVS. Don't look, because MVS could have had a bigger game because he was wide open on the interception Patrick Mahomes threw. So I think it was more that I think MVS is finding – I don't think MVS is finding his rhythm. I think they're finally getting him into the rhythm where he can get open for the plays. I agree with you on that, uh, but again, Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, if he finds himself open again, I think he could be a down-the-field threat, but he needs to play like that. We're talking about a guy that's six foot four, four three seven speed at the combine. A couple years ago, he had the fastest uh, speed in the NFL. We know he's got the ability to do it. Justin Watson, of course, has been Mr. Consistent with this team and hasn't played this. Uh, of course, the uh, is, is out for a couple of weeks. He's not going on IR but he'll be out for a couple of weeks. But Mahomes just keeps spreading the ball around. Chiefs did not run the ball uh, very effectively today, just 21 carries. Mahomes is a big part of that, the four carries, 29 yards. But the defense, the pass defense was bad. The Chiefs did what they had to do. They threw it 42 times against the Chargers. That's what you got to do because this defense, pass defense for the Chargers is extremely bad. They get to the quarterback okay. Right now they they went in this game, you could say maybe tied for first. As far as sacks were concerned, first or second, they were right there in the top two. The Chiefs now are third in the NFL because they had five sacks today. Third in the NFL in quarterback sacks. They're starting to get to that point. But once again, they only let 17 points up. They're number two in the NFL in the most important category, and that's points again, just right behind the San Francisco 49ers. But this is a clear message. It's got to be frustrating. We know how much the AFC West spent on trying to get the Patrick Mahomes Randy Gregory, we saw that money that they spent. Frank Clark, we saw that money they spent. J.C. Jackson with the Chargers. It's now back with the Patriots. Uh, Khalil Mack, all all these guys coming over, trying to stop the Kansas City Chiefs. It's got to be very frustrating to be in this division and know you have to play the Chiefs twice, especially the mastery the Kansas City Chiefs keep over this division. But enough of me. It's time to hear from you. Our text line, 913-586-7610. Our phone number, 913-586-7610 as well. We go no huddle. Let's go no huddle. Tony will take it low at the 35. Now cuts back to the right. He's got a wall set. If he can get to the edge, they can need to block the putter. They do. Tony's at the 40, up the sideline. At the 30, he's at the 20. Tony with the block trying to stay in play. He's down to the five-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. And we'll take your calls throughout the show. Be up with you here for the next couple of hours. We're from uh, Josh Klingler, the sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we'll hear from Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com. Uh, Nick Bolton, they dislocated a wrist. We'll try to get the latest uh, from Josh Klingler on that. But a uh, Chiefs sending a message to the AFC West. If you're one of these teams, what do you do? Because right now, I don't even look at the AFC West. It's about the Buffalo Bills that lost again today. That's right. The Buffalo Bills found a way to lose today. The Broncos, who the Chiefs play next week, found a way to win the day. The Raiders, uh, against uh, Badgent, the quarterback for the Bears, uh, found a way to lose 30-12. to 12. Now, how the Raiders found a way to lose that, Brian Hoyer was starting. That's one, one reason they lost. 
but Tyson Badgent, 162 yards, destroyed the Raiders 30 to 12 as the Bears get that victory. So the AFC West not playing well. The Bengals had the week off. They're three and three now, but a tough schedule coming up. But the Bills fall to the lowly Patriots. Don't talk to me about the Bills. 29 to 25. That was my survival pick this week. Was it your survivor it pick? It was. Now the Patriots had looked bad, but man, they play well against the Bills. They just find a way to beat the Buffalo Bills. But you look at teams that uh, who are the Chiefs going to be competing against. One of those teams uh, playing tonight, the Miami Dolphins versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Miami's down 10 to 3. The Chiefs will see Miami in a couple of weeks in Frankfurt, Germany. That game uh, will say a lot in the AFC and might have to do something with the seating as well. It is nice for the Chiefs to have that win over the Jacks. That they went down to Jacksonville one because Jacksonville's kind of turned their season around here. And even Peter King and stuff put them as maybe the number one seed. But right now, the national talking heads can't figure out what's going on because they want to just put the Chiefs down. They want to put the Chiefs down, but the Chiefs keep finding a way to win. And they really haven't talked about this defense yet. But the defense for the Chiefs looked bad in the first half. I'm not going to lie, the defense looked bad, but they found a way to turn it around. Only allowed 17 points to a high-powered uh, Chargers offense. Let's go to the phones and talk to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hey, Bing, how you doing? Yeah, just put an all-around game, great game today. The defense played great, the offense and uh, special teams played great, uh, stopping uh, Keenan Allen. You know, they gave 133 yards to Joshua Palmer. Defense really played by time. And McCall Hartman, how about that, Bing, with that great kickoff return? And, uh, and then uh, then making the first thing goal, and then the touchdown to uh, Isaiah Pacheco. And I, I'll just say thanks to Robert Sala for giving us uh, McCall Hartman back. What was the story with that, Bing? How come he didn't use uh, uh, McCall Hartman? He just only had one carry for six yards when he was with the Jets. So thanks for the Robert Salt bringing them back. So let's take care of the Broncos. Take care of something. The division is all wrapped up. Take care. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Well, it's not completely wrapped up. It's starting to head that direction. But yeah, I mean, McColl just did not fit with the Jets. Really weird. He likes being back here. Hey, he can provide a spark on special teams. They, they tried to use him a little bit in the offense. Of course, didn't have the whole playbook down. Yet again, he should know it because he's been here before. But again, it takes some while to get acclimated to it. But the Chiefs just right away put McColl Hardeman in there. It was right away, let's go McColl. Yeah, it was weird because in his press conference that he had before the game a couple days ago, it, he was talking about how he was signing with the Jets before Aaron Rodgers was there. And he wanted he felt more comfortable there before Aaron Rodgers got there. And then when Aaron Rodgers got there, he didn't he didn't want to be there. And so it was kind of weird hearing him say it like that. So I I don't know what happened in New York, but I think it's a really good momentum to getting back because you're not you're not paying him what vet, veteran minimum and you're getting you lost a late round pick but you got one back so i don't think that's a big deal well he was sicker than he kind of that we kind of thought last year when he went in the hospital and stuff for the chiefs uh weird deal no one really wanted to sign him in the offseason and the chiefs you know allegedly kind of passed on that deal let him sign somewhere else make his way didn't work out for him ends up back with the chiefs but he can provide a spark to special teams as he did with a nice 50 yard return because that was a needed spark, I do believe, for the Kansas City Chiefs. And he can do that. He's immediately the fastest guy on his team. He runs 4-3-3. It's what he did at the Combine. You get that speed back. Now, this team's not as fast as when they had Tyreek Hill here, and they were just a fast team. You couldn't stop him, but he does provide a bit of a spark for the Chiefs, and it's good to see. Because the Chiefs have got to be good in all three aspects of the game. They were today. I felt they uh, played a complete game today. Um... I think the Bears game was probably a little bit more complete. Uh, the second half was about the defense. The first half was about the Chiefs offense. Uh, Mahomes just keeps finding a way to win with these receivers. It's really amazing 
uh, what he's doing with this group of guys. And it's amazing that this is now the 40th time, and it's an NFL record that keeps on going. And Scott Kazmore put this uh, out. Uh, he's put it out several times, but he put it back when they were 35 straight games after beating the Jags. But now it's up to 40 straight games where they've either won the game or not lost by more than four points. 1940 Chicago Bears, 1965 Green Bay Packers did it 34 straight times. The Chiefs are 40 and counting, which really is an amazing number, and it shows the consistency and what this team is. Let's go to Josh in Greenwood. What's up, Josh? Oh, Josh was there. He probably had a lot to say. Yeah, I mean, I, he was he was excited. He said it, he wanted to talk about that fantastic win. So maybe I'll call back and we'll get him back on the line. I hope so. But we need to take a timeout because we come back. We'll talk to Josh Klingler, the voice, uh, the sideline voice of the Kansas City Chiefs next. Chiefs home get another victory in the AFC West. Mahomes now 29-3 and against the AFC West. 8-2 against Chargers. 12-0 against Broncos. 9-1 against the Raiders. It seems like uh, I've been repeating myself quite a bit when it comes to Chiefs playing the AFC West. The man that was uh, roaming the sidelines, as he does every, uh, every morning at 558 in this particular seat right here, Josh Klingler, the man of the hour. What's up, Kling? I think it is amazing, right? The The I called today a stiff arm game where you could put the stiff arm on the rest of the division. No one's going to catch the Chiefs. Um, you you win a game like that, you put the Chargers in the rear view, put all the pressure on them. You know, I play the I like to play the loss game. Like, how many games do you honestly think the Chiefs are going to drop? And if you're in the four to five range, and you may be saying, "What are you talking about? They're going to go unbeaten." But if you say four. Uh, no one can catch them. I mean, the Chargers are at four right now. The Raiders are at four. The Broncos are already past four. And so, for all intents and purposes, this division is over, and you could focus on kind of the uh, the rest of it. The, it's amazing that you could kind of check mark something uh, so so early. But uh, man, they've they they played well. I think today was probably more aesthetically pleasing for those of you that needed it to be. Um, this one had more offense. This one had. Uh, certainly timely defense in the second half. Uh, the wide receivers got more involved. I don't know if that was the McCall Hardman effect of, hey, we got to look over our shoulder now, and they've, they've told us that we need to step up our game because they brought somebody else in. Um, there were a lot of good things that happened today, and it was, it was you know, fun and entertaining. As I heard you say earlier, that, that second quarter was, was, uh, was, pretty, was pretty fun as it was going down, and then it was cool to see the adjustments in the second half. I think a lot of times, Kling, when when people will criticize the offense, just like last week, you know, Chiefs didn't score enough, but they did. They did cover a double-digit spread at home, which is hard to do in the NFL. But they are number two in passing coming into mm-hmm. tonight's game, so they were second league in passing. Everybody's got offensive issues. Yeah, it looks like the Dolphins, when you watch them, sometimes they can score at will. But for the most part, most teams in the NFL do have a tough time scoring at times, and the Chiefs are just like a lot of teams in the NFL, but they seem to be finding their stride. I don't know if Mahomes is more comfortable with some of his receivers at this point. You're there, and you kind of notice it, because the first half we saw drop balls uh, from several Chiefs members. We saw guys falling down on routes, but then everything started to get cleaned up, 
And that trust factor, especially with Rasheed Rice, I'd really like to see him get from in the 80% snap category. And you mentioned the, the Dolphins. Well, I mean, they're down 17-3. The two good teams they played, Yep. if you consider Buffalo and now certainly in Philadelphia, they've, they've kept them in check. So jury's still out as, as to whether or not they can do this against everybody. And I also question kind of the defensive things. We'll get to them in a couple weeks, right? So we'll kind of sort all that out. But um, as far as the, the, the trust factor is concerned, yeah, I mean, I think that's the big one. Can you be in a spot where I can get you the football? I thought the Chiefs were very good in that aspect today, um, you know, of, of when, the, when the play kind of breaks down and he's moving, uh, who does he have, you know, trust in? I think he, he – obviously, Kelsey was, was fantastic in that regard today, but that's where MVS got his uh, big chunks today, right, in, in kind of the – not maybe the, the original design route, but getting himself in the right position to, to receive a pass when, when the play is breaking down, the pressure is there. So yeah, that's a big part of, of playing in this offense. Can you get the quarterback's trust when he's kind of on the scramble and on the go? And I thought they did a better job of that today. No, they really didn't. Kelsey, uh, believe it or not, Kling, I, I don't know what happens when you're 34. Obviously, uh, father time, uh, whenever you hit the different ages, you start to notice things. But he appears to be getting better. This was the second best receiving performance in his history, just 12 yards shy of his career high. It's pretty unbelievable someone's 34. I mean, I know we keep talking about this, but his ability to get into space and seemingly become invisible. Like, how how do you let him get in all of those spaces in the middle of the field uncontested like that is beyond me. He just kind of just slithers down the field, uh, just kind of, you know, takes a couple steps here and just seemingly just is so smart at, you know, just working with a couple yards to the left or right and finding himself in open avenues. And yeah, he was, he was terrific in, 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 you know, work in the middle of the field, especially today. Um, and then and Patrick was, was better today. I thought too, you know, not that he's been bad, but obviously people have looked and said, boy, he's kind of off his game a little bit. Um, even the interception, which I know he's kind of taking ownership for um, he got hit and Khalil Mack affected the way that that ball was underthrown. Uh, but I thought he played terrific today in, in, in running this offense. Ran effectively once again when it called for it and uh, and moved the football around to a number of different receivers. And then I'll really tip my cap to this defense, too. We saw them get chunked for the first time. Uh, gave up some big plays in the first half that we haven't seen them uh, do thus far this year. And then, boy, they, they made the adjustment. They ratcheted things up. And then you saw them, you know, turn over this Charger team in the second half. I thought that I was really impressed with the way the defense uh, bounce back from uh, maybe uncharacteristic for them <laughs> opening half to a certain extent, but the way they tighten the screws in the second half was awfully impressive. What you Omena, who's a, Omena, who's a monster, Yo. by the way, like what <laughs> a debut for that guy. He came yeah. flying out of the chute and I can't wait to see where he ends up because he is a handful. Oh, no question about it. It's nice to have him playing the inside, the outside. You, you don't know it. Jones didn't do anything really tonight because of all the attention uh, the Chargers gave him, which clearly they do. They, they all mentioned it during the week. They got to pay attention to where Chris Jones is at all time, and that gave other guys an opportunity to really shine. Five sacks for the Chiefs defense. Kling, that should put him up to about third in the NFL as far as getting to the quarterback. So they're steadily climbing that chart. And I know they've had the flirtations with Frank Clark and looking at that direction, but they're doing a nice job of getting to the quarterback. And you certainly noticed the defensive line, the linebackers play as far as the batted down balls 
and the getting to the quarterback like Karloftis did today. Drew Tranquil even got in there. And Omenihu provided or to be a guy getting to the quarterback as well. He got a sack, but he also got a major pressure as well. But I noticed a lot of pressure in the second half specifically from the Chiefs defense. Yeah, which is good because we uh, Bob had found a stat uh, Fesco found a stat late last week uh, from um, either it was either Next Gen or PFF. I don't remember that that was talking about the Chiefs being you know third in the NFL in sacks, but but they were one of the lower rated pressure groups. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that doesn't didn't quite meet the eye test. I thought they were getting enough pressure today. They definitely did. And so to see you're able to do that from a number of avenues and and probably without you know without the uh, the defensive back blitzes as much today. I thought the linebackers were really good and really fast and hopefully. Hopefully uh, Nick Bolton is uh, uh, going to be okay. I think you can get by with him now, but obviously you'd love to have him a little bit later on. But yeah, no, they got they got pressure on on Herbert throughout the day from a number of different guys up front. And boy, that Amenahu addition, I, I'm really I'm really stoked about that because I was thinking, well, you know, Frank Clark's out there, and now I see today, and I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think they I think they got enough bodies when you can line up um, Karloftis and Dana and Jones and Omenahu <laughs> as your front four, and you, do, and you can line them up in any of the four spots and know you're going to, to get a great push and great attack. I mean, that's a, that's a massive luxury. Drew Tranquil was another nice signing for the Chiefs because the way he steps in for Nick Bolton, looks like he's going to have to do that for the next mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Bolton led the way with nine tackles, but the dislocated wrist cling. Um, yeah. It, what did what did you find out really just talking to people after the game? It looks like, you know, that's probably, you know, could miss three to four games or something like that, maybe even longer. Who knows? Yeah, I'm interested to see how that, you know, how that transpires. If he needs if he needs surgery, were they able to pop the thing back in? I mean, it, to me, that's not the worst spot in the world. You can cast it and club it, you know, if 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 uh if if it allows to you know based on on the pain as well right so this might be a this might be a better type of injury than anything obviously lower body so so hopefully it's a it's a short-term thing i think you do have the luxury though of seeing drew tranquil play for a couple of games earlier without uh nick bolton and and you know that he can step in and handle those responsibilities and then like we i think we started with with the division you know you're kind of you're kind of now posturing right for the rest of the year uh, you don't have to speed anybody back. And so if it does take him a few weeks to be able to, to, to come back from, from this injury, I think the Chiefs can, can weather it much better than we thought right at the beginning of the season. And then the situation you're in, you, you, know, you, you hope the best for, for Nick Bolton, but it certainly looks like they can get by if need be without him. Yeah, that brings me kind of to Drew Tranquil. Um, I was a signing I really liked. It's just a one-year deal, which is really weird why the Chargers let him go yeah. And especially he ends up in Kansas City on a one-year deal. I wish it was uh, longer, and hopefully they can work something out. But he, <laughs> but he stepped right in there for Bolton. The guy is extremely good as a coverage linebacker. He can blitz. He makes tackles. He can wear the green dot and call the plays defensively. Steps in for Bolton, and you don't really notice him gone. But Drew Tranquil has been kind of an undersung leader for this football mm-hmm. team. Yeah, absolutely. He was, uh, as you can imagine, a pretty happy guy in the locker room as well to be going up against his former team registers a sack against his former quarterback. And so, yeah, he's been a fantastic signing and yeah, you'd, you'd like to say, Hey, will you, will you be willing to talk during the season about, uh, you know, getting something done and not worrying about, you know, getting to free agency because, you know, down the road a little bit, you got a couple of decisions to make at linebacker, right? Um, both, uh, you know, Willie Gay's up for, 
for uh, free agency this upcoming year. You're probably looking to try to extend uh, Nick Bolton uh, here with a year remaining. And then what do you do with Drew Tranquil? It's a good problem to have because, yeah, I can't, I can't believe he walked out the door, especially a, a defense that's, that's really looking for production in the, uh, in the Chargers. Their defensive numbers, as I know we've all pointed out, uh, not good. And certainly uh, if, they were, if they were 32nd against the pass last week, uh, they're going to be 32nd against the pass again. So uh, to think you have those guys on the front edge uh, with, with Mack and with, uh, with Bosa and, and be as bad at covering as uh, this team is, you'd love to have all bodies on deck. I can't believe Drew Tranquil was able to slide out and be a chief. Good for us. It is. Well, Brandon Staley's an interesting deal because you look at this division. You know, I don't think the Raiders are ever going to be able to do anything with Josh McDaniel. Sean Payton was like, okay, the Broncos got a real head coach in there. It's won a, a Super Bowl. That hasn't worked out really well, even though they got a win today. And Brandon Staley came in as a defensive mastermind, and that team is so bad they can never beat the Chiefs. And to me, that's got to be frustrating. As a Chiefs fan, you want him to stay. You want him to stay with the Chargers as long as he can because he can't find a way uh, to beat the Chiefs at the end of the game. But, man, if I'm a Chargers fan, I, any fan in the AFC West, I, I'm really getting upset at this point that you can't mm-hmm. beat the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, that is a spend, real block. You spend your whole offseason uh, loading up to try to reel in the Chiefs. And and here we are uh, heading into week eight, right? This is week seven. If I'm yeah. doing math correctly. Yeah, Next week, week eight. And you're already realizing, oh, crap, we can't catch them. Um, we're probably playing for a wild card at best at this point in time. Yeah, it's got to be maddening. But I hope the Chargers do, you know, stay afloat and they continue to stay the course. I don't want them to make any rash decisions no. uh, based on a matchup like today. Um, I think they still have a – they should tell themselves they still have a chance at a wild card, and that can be good enough. Yeah, I don't want them to make a move. No, I don't I- want them to make a move to something that could be better. Yeah, I don't either. I think their next head coach is on that uh, coaching staff now, and Kellen Moore, their offensive coordinator. That uh, probably should be the direction they go. But they, I'm looking, though, as you said, the Miami Dolphins losing to the Eagles 17-3. to I've gone past AFC West like usual, and you start looking at other teams like Buffalo who lost today, uh, Miami. Um, inside the 30, we'll see what happens uh, with the Dolphins on this drive. But you want them to lose. The Bengals had the week off. And you're waiting for one of these teams, Baltimore. <laughs> shows Baltimore, up. I can't figure out. I, one nope. week, I'm I'm like, wow, yep. they're they're gangbusters, and then the next week, they're going, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they've put together now a couple back to back. They were okay, in, and they played in London, I think, two weeks ago, if I'm not mistaken. They were all right, uh, and then obviously impressive today in in, uh, in in pouncing on the the Lions. So yeah, Baltimore's good. Uh, Jacksonville, while not, I, I they don't impress me a lot, but their schedule's so soft that the, you know that they're going to be. One, you're going to have to keep an eye on in terms of the uh, the, the seating at the tail end of things. Uh, yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo is boy. I don't. I don't. I really can't figure that team out. Um, you know, Josh Allen seems to be um, not going necessarily in the uh, in the right direction at all times. Uh, they're an inconsistent as as all get out. Um, you know, the the Bengals on the bye. So does Burrow get healthy and they get kind of righted because they're not quite. Uh, heading in the complete right direction just yet. So, no, I mean, uh, Chiefs are in a great spot and obviously a, a team that's that's uh, that's only, I think, only going to get better. They figured a lot of things out, and the stuff that we're picking apart in the grand scheme of things ain't that big a deal compared to what's happening around the rest of the NFL. No question about Miami. Just scored a touchdown here 
uh, to uh, make this game a little bit closer. But, yes, I'm watching this Chiefs team become complete. Last year they were number two in the NFL at getting to the quarterback, only behind the Cowboys. They're starting to figure things out, and it's fun to see. And as I mentioned, Kling, something I keep track of each and every game uh, because Scott Kazmir put it on Twitter uh, last year, and he put it out earlier this season. But they've gone 40 straight games now where they've either won or haven't lost by more than four. And the previous NFL record was 34 by the 1940 Bears and 1965 Packers. Um, it's kind of one of those obscure NFL stats that keeps rolling for the Chiefs. Mm. And it shows you Andy Reid's consistency because Chiefs can be in every game, man. Uh, you may get them on fluke appearance, but for the most part, they're going to be in every damn game. And that's something pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Um, there, I, I just... I, I think that last week I was certainly last Friday. I don't know. I don't know how the post game tone ended it for you uh, last Thursday night, but but last Friday I was kind of I was kind of salty with people. I thought there were way too many people that were down on what this Chiefs team was doing, and I, I said you know look around the rest of the NFL, see what's going on with all these other teams, see what's going on with the rest of the AFC, and then realize that uh, you know you're in the driver's seat for this thing already, and we're not even to mid season. Yeah, at the season in the day they'd be the number one seed, but. Just watch other teams. I think sometimes people just watch the Chiefs with a microscope and they don't watch the the rest of the NFL and you don't see the Bills losing today in a game that they should have won. You don't see uh, what's going on with other teams or how bad the Bengals looked at the beginning of the year. We have a pretty, pretty good here in Kansas City as I keep calling wins on the postgame show. But Kling will listen to you tomorrow, 5.58 in the morning. You got Germany coming up here in a couple of weeks. I have to be looking forward to that. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Get ready hey, for plenty of got, pints. Uh, hey, there's Denver first, all right? One I know, game at I a said time, a couple of, I said a couple of weeks. Okay, one game at a time. One the, game at a time. The beer does not suck in Colorado either. True, true. <laughs> it's a pre... Great beer spots. It's pre-German fest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you go to a couple of good German spots, or excuse me, beer spots, uh, but you're going to have fun. Thanks, Kling. All right, thanks, buddy. There you go, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter of the Kansas City Chiefs. And this team just continues to find ways to be in every game. Yes, the pressure rate was down for the Chiefs. Last year was fine because only the Cowboys hit the quarterback more. But the Chiefs at their five sacks today will probably be inching up there to third in the NFL, I think, when it all shakes out. We'll have to see what happens uh, tonight and tomorrow night as far as uh, where the Chiefs end up the ranking. Who cares? They're getting to the quarterback. Um, and they haven't re-signed Frank. I know I've got a text and everything. What are they doing with Frank Clark? It's on our text line as well. At this point, I don't think there's a hurry in it. Do you, JT, do you see a hurry in Frank Clark when you, at this point, it would be just, all right, let's rest Frank until the postseason, but whose snaps are you going to take away? Because everybody's doing a great job of getting to the quarterback. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any rush because there doesn't need to be a rush. There's not a big injury on the defensive line. You got Carl Office, Aminihu, Jones. I mean, those guys, I mean, not even to take away from what Nadi's doing and Dana. So, I mean, the defensive line is stacked right now, and there hasn't been a major injury. I think once maybe an injury happens or there's a, a nick a nick to another player on the defensive line, that's when you might see them try to go after Frank Clark. The only issue that you might have with waiting is maybe someone snatches him, but I don't think he's really wanting to go anywhere else but Kansas City. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be a situation. We'll see which, where it goes, see if there's an injury or see if they, there's a need to bring in uh, Frank. But uh, the players like him. They know him. So it's not like you're bringing in somebody from the outside. But usually when the Chiefs say goodbye – they say goodbye, but yet things are different now because McCole Hardman obviously back with the Kansas City Chiefs, so never say never with former players. We'll catch up with the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, next. Cause I'm good, I'm feeling all right, baby, I'm gonna have the best freaking night of my life.
17-17 over the Chargers. This division's essentially over. It's not completely over, but essentially over before trick-or-treaters come to your house. It's insane what the Chiefs keep doing to the AFC West. Really, honestly, they should just send uh, Father's Day cards to the Chiefs. Uh, one arrowhead drive, just send them there because the Chiefs own this division. Complete ownership of what this division is. But, of course, each and every week we do uh, the voice of Mitch Holtis, uh, the calling the uh, touchdowns in the game uh, for both teams. And we call it Touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. With the voice of Mitch Holtis, we'll catch up with Pete Sweeney coming up after 9 o'clock. He's uh, still tied up. He's got some TV stuff going on now, so we'll talk to him um, as, as soon as the next game is, is uh, over. Let's do uh, Touchdown Kansas City now. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Slings it to McKinnon at the 40, to the 30, to the 20, to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown, Batman, lost this stadium. A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtus. Touchdown, Kansas City. Touchdown Kansas City, brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. No better way than the uh, voice of Mitch Holtus to... Uh, get us started it was the Kansas City Chiefs in the first quarter getting things started and usually you sit there and wait for it are the Chiefs going to get off to a fast start today well they did with Mr. Reliable Harrison Butker this is a bigger field goal attempt than you might guess the Chargers have not given up a single point this season on opponent first possessions this will be a 35 yard attempt from the near hash by Butker who's hit 14 out of 14 this season and Butker's kick is perfect 15 out of 15 to start a season ties the record of Morton Anderson in 2002 in Kansas City Chiefs history. That's right, make it 15 out of 15 for Mr. Uh, always on point this year, Harrison Bucker, knock on wood. 35-yard field goal, 11 plays, 66 yards, taking 5-10 off the clock. That field goal is 649 left in the first quarter. But the Chargers would get on the board next to tie things up. And now a 55-yard field goal attempt from Cameron Dicker, a.k.a. Dicker the kicker, is going to try to tie the game. 1.53 to go in the first quarter, 3-0 Chiefs. Cameron Dicker's kick, it is up, and it is good. He gets it from 55 yards out to tie the game. Cameron Dicker, Dicker the kicker, 55-yard field goal, 10 plays, 38 yards, taking 5.01 off the clock. That's the only scoring there in the first quarter three apiece the second quarter uh was drunk because everybody got on the board the second uh, quarter as well but uh, dicker the kicker's a good nickname or missouri the thicker kicker with their uh, harrison mevis those are fun too but of course it is time and i think it's time for the totally touchdown of the game that's right time for the totally touchdown of the game time to raise a glass with tolamore do when it's game time it's totally time of course we have to uh call this one for Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yes, it was good to see. First and 10 Chiefs with a 3-3 tie at the 46 of the Chargers. A fake handoff to McKinnon. Now Mahomes darting to his right. He's holding it, fires it late. He's got Marquez Valdez Scantling. Right sideline, 10, five, stretches out with the left shoulder. Touchdown, Kansas City. No flags on the field. This one stands for 46 yards. And it was good to see because Mahomes gets out of the pocket, looks downfield, guides it. Marquez hauls it in. That was a good to see from a guy you haven't got production from much lately. Zero yards last week, 12 the week before, then six before that. 
But that was a nice five-play, 75-yard drive, taking 237 off the clock. Chiefs, 14-11, left the second quarter, go up 10-3. But then the Chargers would tie things up. Chiefs go with three safeties this time. First and 10, Chargers at the Chiefs. 49-yard line. Kelly attacks off tackle left. He's at the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, a run of 49 yards and a touchdown for the Chargers. And something that really hasn't happened all season long in the first six weeks of the year is a big, giant chunk run against this Chiefs defense. And the Chiefs defense, looking so far this year, is 12th of the NFL, just giving up 100 yards per game. But Joshua Kelly goes 49 yards there. Six plays, 75 yards, 329 off the clock. So he had back-to-back 75-yard drives, once by the, one by the Chiefs, one by the Chargers. That tied game, this game up at 10 apiece. But then it was uh, Mr. Touchdown lately, Rasheed Rice. First down, goal to go for the Chiefs at the six. Mahomes takes the snap, looks right, turns left, goes to the back of the end zone. Rasheed Rice catches it, nine and three-quarter yards deep in the end zone. Touchdown! Kansas City, Rashi Rice finds the spot, the golden spot, and the Chiefs get another touchdown. And it's good to see by the Chiefs' second-round pick, Rashi Rice. We're starting to see the uh, playing time start to creep up from Rice. He's acclimating himself in this offense. But again, a 75-yard drive, four plays, 75 yards, take a 205 off the clock. 17 to 10, Kansas City, before the Chargers still would make this game interesting. Third down, goal to go for the Chargers at the 7. 17 to 10, Kansas City. 7-13 to go, second quarter. Chargers 2 of 4 on third down. Snap to Herbert, looking left. Here comes a late blitz, but he's got Gerald Everett. Running a post in the back of the end zone, and the Chargers right back with the, against the Chiefs in lightning fashion with a 7-yard touchdown toss. And it was a wild second quarter. I'm talking back to back to back. This is another 75-yard drive. There's four straight drives, 75 yards between these two teams. Five plays, 75 yards, taking a minute, 31 off the clock, tying to game the game at 17 apiece. And then it was Mahomes with his favorite target. A target that connected 29 straight times with Travis Kelsey. And this, too, has been just a combination to behold for the Chiefs, the one-yard score, but nonetheless, the last score of the first half. Kelsey's in the backfield as an H-back. They're going to fake the handoff. Now they're going to go on a pass inside and dragging into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City! And the Chiefs get the touchdown with a little bit of a formation trickery. And Kelsey, who lined up in the backfield, just ducked inside and was able to drag Three Chargers almost lost the ball yeah. as he had the ball up above his helmet, <laughs> and the Chargers were trying to rip it out. And the 50th time that Travis Kelsey has caught a touchdown pass from Patrick Mahomes. There you go, Travis Kelsey, a one-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes, but this was a six-play, 96-yard drive to get just 233 off the clock. 24 to 17 Chiefs um, in the second quarter. 35 points scored between these two teams in that wild, wild second quarter. But both defenses would really clamp down in the second half. And the Chiefs would put up the only points in the second half as Isaiah Pacheco, which is really an interesting play. Uh, Mahomes is pointing to Pacheco like uh, pass protection, who to block. 
But Pacheco is a little trick play because then Pacheco goes out and does this. Pacheco the running back, short side the right side. Ball snapped on the near hash. They throw it to Pacheco, gets a block at the 10, 5, pops into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. And the Chiefs have blown it open. A great block by Trey Smith. Pacheco on the touchdown reception, which is the first of his National Football League career in the regular season. That was the only score of the second half. Isaiah Pacheco, that eight-yard pass from Patrick Mahomes. Six plays, 35 yards, taking uh, 246 off the clock as the Chiefs would win this game. 31-17. Touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis. Brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. But the Chiefs get the uh, nice victory over the Chargers and essentially basically have this division wrapped up by uh, Halloween. We're still, what, a week away from trick-or-treat time? I mean, it is insane what the Chiefs have been able to do against this division. Again, Mahomes and Reed, 29-3, and that combination against the AFC West. And we're not even talking when he's done the road because Mahomes is 16-0 and on the road against the division. It's got to be incredibly frustrating. If you're the Chargers going home on your flight, what are you thinking? How do you beat the Kansas City Chiefs? If, I, if I'm the Chargers, I'm firing Brandon Staley. I'm like, if you can't beat the Chiefs, and I know games have been close, Games have been extremely close between these two teams. Uh, tonight was not one of those. A 14-point Chiefs victory, although the second quarter was nice. It was back and forth between the two. But 13 straight AFC West wins uh, by the Chiefs now. Going back to Sunday, September 26th, 2021. And since then, it has been 13 straight. Uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info, the Chiefs were the 18th defending Super Bowl champion to lose their uh, season opener. They're the first to win their next six games. So it's been an unbelievable run by the Kansas City Chiefs when Mahomes and Justin Herbert uh, had faced off the previous uh, five times, six meeting between the two quarterbacks. All five of their meetings uh, were decided by six points or fewer, uh, one shy of matching the longest streak uh, by starting quarterbacks, uh, tandems, since 1950. That also by ESPN Stats and Info. But the Chiefs have just dominated this division, and they continue, and it's got to be frustrating. Again, if you're the Chargers on that long flight back to Los Angeles, you have to be scratching your head and wonder if you have head coach problems. Because I know the Chiefs games and the Chargers have been close, and who knows what's going to happen the second time around. But you've got to find a way when you have the Chiefs, you know, kind of backs against the wall to continue to press forward and finally beat them. Because everybody – in the national, I shouldn't say everybody because this year some people backed off of it. Chargers still were the sexy pick that a lot of people were picking. Oh, it's the Chargers team, and I definitely think they're the second best team in the division. But the last couple of years, everybody picks the Chargers before the uh, season starts, and they always find a way to just collapse uh, like a Jenga board and just fall down completely. Well, you look at the Chiefs probably having this thing wrapped up before Halloween. Let's go to Big T and Shawnee real quick. What's up, Big T? Hey, 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 Ben, good stuff, man. Happy happy Chief Victory Sunday to you, buddy. Um, so, so Bink, uh, man, we own this division. <laughs> I've never seen such utter dominance, man. We own it. I think they have the rest of the uh, division has seven wins, and we have six. It's over. We it, The Raiders got crushed by the Bears. You know, look what we did to, to, to the Bolts today. We were cooking. Pat Mahomes, 424 and four touchdowns. He was cooking, man. And that defense, you know, the first half, you know, they had a stout, stout, uh, st- uh, stout offense. You know, that offense of the Chargers is not too shabby. 
But we found a way. We locked him up in that second half. Amanda Hughes back. He got in the mix. Nice return by McCole Hardman. He brought a little spark. And, you know, way to go Valdez Scanlon. I know he hadn't been consistent, but he stepped up today. Rice got the end zone. So did, so did Valdez. And then how about that badass-ass mofo in the league, Travis Kelsey? He's just a badass. That guy destroyed him. He destroyed the, the, the Chargers. And, and they, I think everybody might be looking at that, that stuff wrong. Buffalo went down. I'm not, they got a bunch of defensive injuries. You see what Miami, they're losing at half. Maybe we need to keep an eye on that North division. You got Cleveland keeps winning with a backup quarterback and that badass defense they have. And then the most impressive victory of the year, how about the Baltimore Ravens going in there and just, uh, you know, just de- destroying the, de- the Detroit Lions. So maybe we have to keep an eye on that division. And you know, Cincinnati had their bye. But, man, let's enjoy this victory. And as always, let's go Chiefs. There you go, Big T and Shawnee. Yeah, it was a bizarre game. I mean, it was a completely bizarre game what was going on in that uh, in that game with the Ravens in, in Detroit. I want to crown the Ravens at times, and I thought this might be the most improved team going forward. And at times they do look like it. For a while in the first half, it's like six minutes left in the first half, the Ravens had 16 first downs, Detroit had zero. They were out gaining them 325 to 13. The Ravens had 229 passing yards. The Lions had two. And it's like six minutes left in the first half. It's complete domination. But they don't play that way consistently. Again, the name of the game is consistency, which the Chiefs provide each and every week. We'll take a timeout. Let's be consistent. And come back. We'll talk to the editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. Straight to the top. Never going down. Don't wait for the drop. Never stand still. That's the motto. Yeah. Brand new bands for the auto. Oh. Foot to the ground, full throttle. Big energy for the night, light lotto. Damn, y'all talk lots, never disquiet. Life like a sign. And welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride postgame. The Chiefs get a 31-17 win over the Chargers and continue the mastery of the AFC West. But a guy that uh, was there, a guy that's already got some uh, stories out now and a guy that you need to get his uh, premium newsletter because it's a lot of uh, good stuff in it. But Pete Sweeney, ArrowheadPride.com, presented by Mark Ferguson. The attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Check in with our guy, Pete Sweeney. What's up, Pete? How are we doing, Jay? Um, Another AFC West win by the Chiefs. Um, Would you let Brandon Staley coach another down for the Chargers? (laughs) Take take the effect that you write a Chiefs blog, Arrowhead Pride, out of the equation well, say you work for the Chargers, or you don't work for the Chargers, but you covered the Chargers. Right. Do you want him calling another play? No, I don't think so. I I don't know if, if the Chargers are are going to be in in the scenario where they they go with the mid season firing, um, but the, you you could consider it you know at this stage, especially if they continue to lose games. That uh, you know, they may they may be teetering around the bottom of the division. Um, in the middle of the season, and it's just unacceptable with the the talent that they provided uh, Brandon Staley. I, I think this is for sure his last year. Uh, you would need something miraculous to happen for them, uh, where you know you get back into the playoffs. Could have to be as a wild card now. It's crazy to just say that already uh, in week eight, and I think they would have to win a game for him to retain his job. Pete, I'm kind of shocked by the 14 points. Uh, 
the Chiefs win this game by two touchdowns because we've seen these games go down to the wire. I thought it might be a Harrison Butker kick to win the game. I felt like confident the Chiefs would win the game, but I thought it'd be a lot closer than what we've seen in the past. And that second quarter lived up to that. 35 points scored between these two teams. It seemed like these defenses couldn't figure the other out. And Mahomes and Herbert were just having crazy games. Mahomes, a certain crazy game. He's over 300 yards passing in the first half. But then, as you notice, the defenses started clamping up. Was it the defense getting better? Or did the offenses just not weren't as creative as they were in the first half? Probably a little bit of both. It, it's strange because you have these AFC West teams and they have to have a first half of football where Travis Kelsey dominates before they make an adjustment. You know, you didn't see the Chargers really make an adjustment until the second half. And once they did, it, it kind of slowed the Chiefs down uh, a little bit. And I think on the other side as well, the Chiefs quietly had a nice uh, defensive performance. I think a lot of people can look to that second quarter and say, you know, the Chiefs were, were beat on big plays. But to I shut out the Chargers in the second half completely, that's really hard to do, especially with all the weapons that they have uh, and what they've been doing this year. And I, you know, I, I don't think it's an A performance for the defense because, again, you, you did, I, I think, see them give up explosive plays for the first time all year. Probably in that B, B-plus range, though, because they got the job done in the second half, did what they needed to do. Uh, and really, you know, by the end of the game, you only end up giving, uh, you only end up, giving up 17 points that should be good for a Patrick Mahomes offense to win on most Sundays and so the Chiefs prevail. How do they keep letting Kelsey open so much? I mean, the damage that he's done uh, against the Chargers, it's insane. You listen to him talk this week. They talked a lot about Chris Jones, always being cognizant of where he's lining up. And they seem, or Austin Eckler called him a werewolf. You always have to be, and I told Dusty because he, he loved it, always cognizant of where the werewolf is. But he's got 88 catches for 1,000 yards. He's 15 and 2 when he plays against the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers. It's amazing what he's done. He has his career high 191 yards against the Chargers, and he finished second in his career with yardage tonight with 179, just 12 shy of his career record at 34 years old. But how do teams continue to let him open, Pete? This is so bizarre when, when he continues to do damage against them. Because let's be honest, yeah, Rasheed Rice is nice, and MBS makes a play here and there. But Kelsey is really the only thing they have on offense uh, for the Chiefs, and yet they find a way not to shut him down. Well, it's I find it strange, especially in the AFC West, because uh, Kelsey's been killing these teams for years. And the fact that he's so wide open at so many points in the game, it, it's, it's just strange to see, right? Like, you know, you can kind of assume it against maybe teams that don't play the Chiefs every year, teams in the conference or maybe teams in the NFC where – okay, you know, we are learning that we have to deal with this on the fly. These AFC West teams know what they're getting in Travis Kelsey. They should be doubling and bracketing him from the from the very, very first snap. It shouldn't take 10 catches for 120 yards before they make an adjustment. And you've seen that now two weeks in a row. Uh, I, I believe that next, next week against the Broncos, they're going to be paying attention to him, you know, early on uh, in the game. You, you would anticipate that, but – a uh, part of it is is it's tough to figure out uh, how to play Travis. I, I think you know do you do man, um, and and sometimes he can beat the the one on one, especially against linebackers. Do you play a little bit of zone? Do you play do you play mix? Because if you play the you end up playing the zone, he could find the soft spots. I also think part of it is Andy Reid really allows him to freelance quite a bit, uh, where you know there are options on the routes and he could find the soft spots in coverage. You know especially when teams do opt to play zone, and so. Uh, I guess that ends up being how he becomes open. But 
I mean, you got to get to a point here if you're an opposing defensive coordinator where you have to have somebody patrolling him each and every play. I mean, that's how I would. I mean, I, look, I'm I'm just a, a writer here. I cover the Kansas City Chiefs. I you know I, obviously these defensive coordinators in the league know more about football than than I'll ever learn, but. You would think that there would be just a better plan to deal with the guy that gets 10 catches a game every single week. Against the Broncos, Pete, he's 15-3, uh, and three, the Chiefs are, when he plays. He's got a career-best 110 catches against Denver, and he's got a career-best 1,414 yards against the Broncos. It appears they don't uh, learn from previous lessons, and that includes when Vic Fangio was coaching that team. No, uh, and and there was a, a moment there where I thought Kelsey might best a, a, a point total that, or the yardage total, uh, the best yardage total of his career from a few years ago in L.A. You remember yeah. that game, 191 yards, and he was teetering around it, but to the Chargers' credit, they made the adjustment after the half. They were only allowing the Chiefs that one touchdown, but at the same time, it, it was too late by, by, that, by that stage, and so, you know, you won't see the Chargers again until, I believe it's January, right? It's still in the regular season, so... Who knows what, what, where they're at by then? I mean, who knows if Brandon Staley is a part of that game? You would think the next time that the Chargers see the Chiefs, they'll just have a better plan. Yeah, I think uh, Kellen Moore might be the head coach at that point, their offensive coordinator. What was your feelings on the other receivers? Uh, we're seven games in now. Do you feel there's a trust level being built up with Mahomes? Because I can't, haven't seen it with Sky Moore to this point. I haven't seen it with Kadarius Toney. Uh, MVS had a nice game, but... He's coming off zero yards last week and 12 the week before and six, so I can't throw him into that category. Uh, Rasheed Rice seems to be that guy, the rookie, the second-round pick. Um, what receivers do you see as, okay, this is a constant for the Chiefs going forward? As we're seven games in the season now, right. so it's not like we're not teetering around two or three games or you're waiting for someone to step up. This appears to be Rasheed Rice stepping up, and I'm not sure we're seeing Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, any of these other guys stepping up. Yeah, I I think it's just a little overblown uh, this whole receiver obsession that I that I think Chiefs fans to, you know tend to focus on, um, and I think part of it is because the Chiefs' number one receiver happens to be a tight end, uh, and I think Rasheed Rice is stepping up into that number two option role, whereas like you say in Cincinnati it's Jamar Chase and then you have T Higgins in Kansas City it's going to be Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, and like in Cincinnati you see a mix of other. Uh, receivers and and tight ends and and whatnot that complement those two guys, but after that, it's always, it's always going to be mixing up and different. So I think Marquez Valdez Scantling and Sky Moore and McCole Hardman, to an extent, now that he's back in the mix, could play those roles beyond Kelsey and Rice. But it's going to be Kelsey and Rice. And I I know that there's been again frustration with the receivers, but Chiefs had 400 yards passing today, and Patrick Mahomes said it himself probably misses a wide-open Marquez Valdez-Scantling again, which would have been, what, another 40- or 50-yard touchdown. He said after the game that he missed Rice down the right sideline and could have thrown a better pass to him. That's probably another 30, 40 yards. So what are we looking at? You know, if Mahomes doesn't make the very single mistakes that he made in this game, he had a fantastic game. But had he actually hit a wide-open Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he admitted he messed that up. Had he hit a wide-open Rice, you're looking at a 500-yard offense today. So I just don't. I think just we're, we're, we're doing a lot of extreme nitpicking when it comes to the Chiefs offense. And I think if you just look at Kelsey as a number one weapon as opposed to, oh, this is a tight end, this is a receiver, you start to feel a little bit better about it. The Chiefs after today's game are going to be in the top five in the league in, in passing yardage. And I think you can win like that. I think some, some weeks it's going to take more of the running game and maybe it's going to take more of some of the orchestrated looks for guys like Nicole Hardman and Sky Moore. But I – I still find myself not as worried about everybody else because you look up at the standings and the Chiefs are six and one, and 
should the Miami Dolphins lose to the Eagles tonight? And I know that game is ongoing. I haven't taken a, taken a look at it in a, in a few minutes here, Jay. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs could stand alone with the best record in the AFC. So I, I'm just not I'm just not where everybody else is about the panic with the receivers. Well, the funny thing is the Chiefs are one of three teams going into the night with over 260 yards a game passing. The Miami right. Dolphins lead the way with 316. The Chiefs are number two. And the uh, Vikings are number three. So the Chiefs went in with the second most uh, – uh, passing yards of any team in the National Football League. I, I just think maybe people want consistency. Again, there were some wide open people, but they're going to make the catch. We saw drops tonight from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kelsey, 179 of those 400 uh, yards. It was nice to see Mahomes on the scramble because every once in a while he does it. He didn't really do it in Minnesota. But that scramble you cannot plan for as he scrambled for over 30 yards. It came down under 30 when he uh, at the end of the game when he's kind of kneeling down the 29 yards. But that's important. The Chiefs just 68 yards rushing tonight. But Mahomes, those scrambles, those scrambles are so deadly. And when he scrambled out and hit Scantlin on that touchdown pass, that 46-yard touchdown pass, that was one thing because he bought himself some time. But when he picks mm-hmm. up those first downs, man, you just can't plan for that. That's what makes him so amazing. And I think the key there, Jay, too, in, in adding on to that point, is there shrewd scrambles. And what I mean by that is you see younger quarterbacks and they don't know when to go down or when to sneak out of bounds, when to slide. Like Anthony Richardson is a guy that lost his lost his first season here because he, he wasn't able to figure out, okay, when to slide, when to go for the extra yard, that kind of thing. Josh Allen, as good as he is, I don't think he has a good sense of when to go down. Sometimes he's trying to bulldoze. And I'm telling you, there's going to be a time that Josh Allen gets hurt. When Mahomes scrambles, he's aware of where everybody is on the field. And he always gets past the first down, and he always finds a way to make sure that he doesn't get hurt in the process. And I think that's a huge part of it. Uh, and it's not something that every quarterback can say that they have in their toolbox. And I just think the timeliness of Patrick Mahomes and the scrambling is, is key for me. The, the one play that I really like, Pete, and uh, you'll probably see it on film and stuff. It's a little bit harder when you're out there writing about it. But the Pacheco touchdown catch? Mahomes had guided Pacheco to fake block somebody in pass protection. He's like pointing somebody out, and clearly the play was designed for Pacheco to catch the ball. But it's funny how it worked because it was kind of another trick play by the Chiefs because there's Mahomes pointing out who to block in pass protection, and then Pacheco sneaking out and getting the touchdown well, catch. It's perfect. I, even in the, even in that kind of like an out of structure play, there's a little window dressing there because how many times have we seen Mahomes point? And then he's yeah. running, right? So it's all part of the design. And it's just, again, brilliant offensive play calling by Andy Reid and, and just a, a shrewd way of playing the game by Patrick Mahomes. On the flip side, Pete, uh, the five sacks tonight for the Chiefs should put them in about third in the NFL as far as sacks getting to the quarterback last year. Uh, we saw this team was number two in the NFL in quarterback hits. Uh, I know that Frank Clark is still out there, but right now, He's not really needed by this team because Omenahue just added a new dimension to this defensive line. Frank Clark should be on the practice squad if they bring him back. Uh, I know that may be a controversial take, but there is a level of if it's not broken, don't fix it right now. And the Chiefs are are really smart about this, and sometimes it takes tough calls. Sometimes it takes – you know, saying goodbye, I think, to, you know, a a Jamal Charles or saying goodbye to – uh, a Derek Johnson in the past. Like, I think you can always have the good times. Frank Clark was a pivotal part of the, the Chiefs' two championship seasons. But the Chiefs were smart not to give him the contract Denver did. He's no longer on the Denver Broncos. And now that he's free and available, I think they were going to wait to see, you know, A, that he's right, 
And B, that they have a need for him. They had to make some tough roster moves this week, Jay, when you, you bring Charles Menehue back in the mix and you take a risk by waiving a draft pick this year, Keandre Coburn. You know, it's a, that's a tough decision. And Coburn ends up, you know, having to go to the, the Denver Broncos. And I just, I, if you have such a good thing going and you're, you're getting to the quarterback, I, I just, I'm not so in favor of, of rattling that even with someone who was so important to your championship teams uh, like a Frank Clark. So I think, you, you know, much like they brought back a Dustin Colquitt, you bring him to the, the practice squad if there's an injury, uh, if there is a situation later in the year where, again, spots open up and he can play down the stretch and be that closer for you, maybe play in the playoffs where he meant a lot to Kansas City. I think that's a scenario that I could get behind, but I'm not, I'm not so in favor of bringing you know back even Clark, who uh, again he had, he had a, a great Chiefs career, but what's his status right now? How healthy is he? Couldn't work in, for the money that Denver committed committed to him. So I just have my questions about it. Not to say that the Chiefs won't do it, but I wouldn't be necessarily in a rush to just put Frank Clark back on a, a team and certainly a, a front that looks like one of the better defensive fronts in the league. I don't think you always want to mess with that. You know what, Pete, uh, I brought it up with Kling, but uh, Drew Tranquil played against his former team. Uh, it, it does kind of suck that he's on a one-year contract only. I'm shocked that the Chargers let him go, but you talk about a guy that's filling in for Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton's been great. He has a dislocated wrist uh, that he got tonight. Who knows how long he's out, but Drew Tranquil has stepped right in to that position, but he provides a spark, and he's great in coverage, and he also has shown you, like he did last year, he can get to the quarterback as well uh, for middle linebacker, but he continues to shine for this team. He's really kind of been an unsung hero for this football team. Yeah, how great is Drew Tranquil, and it's going to be important now because Nick Bolton uh, appears to have a dislocated wrist. Uh, tough year for Bolton, who missed three games due to the high ankle sprain, Drew was able to step in and, and did a good job. And then again today with the dislocated wrist where Drew, Drew comes in is able to get the game clinching sack, which is awesome against your former team. I'm sure that had to feel outstanding. Uh, Jay, I, I know that Drew and his family love Kansas City. They love living here. Uh, we've had a press conference with them a few weeks ago. And I kind of said, I know that you're on a one-year deal. Uh, and he essentially confirmed my agent knows that I, I love <laughs> Kansas City. So I know he's on the one-year contract, but maybe there's a, a happy medium that uh, that can be worked up with the personnel staff. The Chiefs are they're struggling right now with the salary cap, but that, that tends to open up in the offseason. Maybe there is some kind of agreement, a team-friendly agreement, to make sure that Drew Tranquil stays here uh, in the years to come as well. Well, I think they really have something with uh, with Aminahue back now for the Chiefs because Chris Jones was a guy that the Chargers did mention two or three times during the week, as I mentioned. But, man, they gave him extra attention. They were worried about where he's always lining up. And you know what? If they're going to worry so much about him and why it's not Kelsey, I don't know. And we've talked about that. But, man, other guys really seem to relish and step up by the attention that Jones was getting, and that was fine. I don't care what Jones's stat lines are, but you know he was getting the attention from the Chargers offense. So be it. Other guys stepped up and shine, and that's what you want to see. Yeah, Charles Minnie was able to get the sack, and if you really watch the play, it's all Chris Jones, right? Chris Jones dominates uh, and is, is putting on pressure, and it allows Menahue to get a moving quarterback uh, right into his arms. Uh, and that was a, a cool moment as well because he ended up missing the first six games of the season. And this is what the, the Chiefs have wanted uh, in that line, Jay, uh, on third downs. They want to have Karloftis. They want to have Chris Jones. They want to have Charles Menahue, and they want to have Mike Dan. That's essentially – Four defensive ends. I know that you know technically uh, Jones and Amenhi are tackles, but they love their pass rushing ability. So it's it's four defensive ends on the field at the same time, and to 
you facing that on third and longs and not having to bring a blitz and being able to have your good coverage linebackers and your secondary being able to drop back because pressure's going to be so much rushing for. And that's a huge advantage that the Chiefs haven't really had in recent years where you have to have, have to see Spagnuolo have to be creative and have bring these exotic pressures. You can get home with four with these guys. That's just a huge advantage that you're going to have over other teams. We've seen uh, what what it means for other teams against Patrick Mahomes to get pressure with four. Now you have that in your back pocket in Kansas City. Pete, before I let you go, I want to ask you this because I like to look at big picture with you as we've done through the years. But when you look at the AFC, the Bills go down today. The Bengals uh, were off today. They had a bye week. They're three and three. If I said to you today, Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com, who are the top three teams in the AFC, you would say? <laughs> I'll see how the rest of this game plays out tonight. I just, I just mentioned that I haven't taken a look at it. I know Tyreek Hill got a touchdown, but I, I, I would cautiously say the Chiefs, the Dolphins. <laughs> Who's your mystery team? Like, it could be the Bengals. It could be the Jaguars. It's I'll 17 apiece right now, Pete. 17 apiece. I'll go with, I'll go with the uh, – I'll go with the Chiefs, Dolphins, and Jaguars. The Jaguars were my preseason pick to play in the AFC title. Rough start to their season, but they're coming on now. It hasn't been all pretty. I think Trevor Lawrence could play better, but I like them as a team. Their defense is a lot better than I think they that everybody thought they were going to be. And so, uh, with a with a, I definitely the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and with a, a sense of, of of caution, I'll say the Jacksonville Jaguars are number three. But you could easily see the Bengals or the Bills. Uh, trumping them as well. Yeah, the Chiefs are four, or the, excuse me, the Jaguars are four and one since that Chiefs game. Oh, real quick though, Pete, what do you think about the uh, the Ravens? The Ravens were a team I was really high on. Yeah, they've they've sure. they've been beaten where they shouldn't have been beaten, but man, when they put everything together, they looked like world beaters, like they did against Detroit. They didn't just beat them; they pounded them. Yeah, they 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 pounded Detroit, and and that's a burn the film day for Detroit. I I I think that uh, you know. Every so often, you have a, a team that is a, a, a Super Bowl caliber that gets punched in the mouth, and that's going to be Detroit. I'm not giving up on Detroit. I, I think they'll be in the mix in the playoffs, and we'll see what they can do. Um, but that was a, a rough look, and I considered Detroit to be one of the better, more complete teams in the league going into this game. So kudos to the Baltimore for doing it. I just sometimes, Jay, I have a lack of trust in Baltimore because we see these games from them every so often where all of a sudden you're like, okay, you know, Baltimore is going to be a team to look out for, and then they lose a bad game the next week. And so they can put two or three, four of these games together, then suddenly I think, you know, they, they start to approach that level for me. But, again, um, I want to see that consistency uh, from, from the Ravens. I think they're right there. And like I said, I, I think the Chiefs and Dolphins, for me, tend to be in a tier of their own. I mentioned I like the Jaguars, Bengals, the Bills. You could probably put the Ravens right with the Bengals and Bills for me of, like, knocking on that door. It's exciting. Uh, it's it's exciting. It's competitive, and we'll see what ends up happening here by the time uh, we get to the end of the season. Good stuff, Pete. How's the uh, how's the newsletter going for you guys? Susan yeah, everything's going right well. There. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for mentioning the the newsletter. You can you can sign up at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, it's called Arrowhead Pride Premier. We got a link at the top of the website. We'll be having a a new newsletter come out tomorrow. It comes out three times a week. Digs a little bit deeper than we do at ArrowheadPride.com. We still got the great stuff at ArrowheadPride.com. If you're not interested in signing up for something like that. Um, but again, appreciate all the support. If you, if you guys uh, want to divulge in, in, in more Chiefs content, I know we got some diehard fans that listen to Six Sense Sports Radio, and of course you, Jay Binkley. You know what, Pete? We'll see you Wednesday night. Ron Cops in studio with us, Arrowhead Pride Radio. I'll be in with you and Ron for that. So I'm looking forward to uh, rehashing this game and looking forward to the Broncos game. So we'll have a lot of fun.
Dusty will be uh, Dusty will be bathing in his money uh, while we're doing that. How show about that? Werewolf hit a parlay. See you, Pete. There you go, Pete Sweeney, presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping KC sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Well, that was Pete Sweeney, and I asked him who his top three teams are. I mean, it's tough. It's easy before when you say, all right, it's Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. But the Dolphins are showing there. Have you seen – it looks like there's an injury right now. Tyree Kill got a touchdown for him. Jalen Waddle, is he back in the game? I had last seen where he had, he had limped off. Jalen Waddle's back in the game, and the crazy thing is, is Philadelphia, it was a pretty much a ball don't lie kind of situation. Uh, Miami went for it on fourth down. There was a missed face mask that turned the ball over, and the very next play, Jalen Hurts to a pick six to Jerome Baker. So that's how we're tied 17-17. It looks like a collision by a couple of Dolphins on the play now. The score is side, tied up at 17-17. And I think that's uh, that's Holland, their nice premium safety, number eight, that went down. Ooh. And Jalen Ramsey should be coming back sooner rather than later for the Dolphins. I, the Ravens are a team to me, as I mentioned. They just absolutely hammerjacked the uh, the Detroit Lions today. But the Ravens are a team. They did beat Houston 25-9. Houston's had some impressive wins. They beat the Bengals. They lost to the Colts. Um, they did beat the uh, – the, the Browns in that defense, 28-3. to three. Uh, They found a way to lose to Pittsburgh. Don't know how that happened. They beat Tennessee and Detroit. But Baltimore, you never know what you're getting. You have no idea what you're getting with the Baltimore Ravens. But, man, did they look good today against a very good team, the Detroit Lions. Let's go to uh, Steve in Kansas City. What's up? Hey, Big. It's a pretty good day today. Uh, I, I'm not sure the Chiefs are the top three in the NFL. I don't think. Uh, You're drunk. Much... You're drunk. Steve, you called in before. They're at their top three team. What else do you want? They're six and one. Their defense is not like you've seen with Mahomes. They gave up 17 points today. Watch other games in the NFL and come back with your your, your conclusion on what's going on. But the Chiefs are a top three team in the NFL. JT, am I crazy here? Because until you prove me otherwise, I'm from the show me state. Show me you can beat them because nobody can. They're the number one team, I would say, right now in the AFC. And I would say they're a top three team in the NFL. I think right now, if you had to give me straight up three teams, I think the number one team right now in the NFL, and this is barring injuries, of course, is the 49ers. I think San Francisco, top to bottom roster wise, is the best team in the NFL. You know what? Okay. But again, they're dealing with Debo. Samuel's going to be out a couple games. Uh, McCaffrey's still going to play with the oblique. I remember last year, everybody was fearful of the Niners and how good they were. And I remember the Chiefs going to San Francisco when everybody was glossing on the Niners. They had just got McCaffrey, and he played against the Chiefs that game. Everybody was talking about that defense. That defense was number one in the NFL last year. When the Chiefs played them, they were number one in the NFL. The Chiefs proceeded to rack up, what, 429 yards, 44 points. The biggest on game the on Niners. their offense aside. And I I think that game was more indicative of the 49ers offense. The 49ers offense, I felt, was trying to do too much with McCaffrey. And McCaffrey just got there that week. And they didn't really have a playbook ready for anybody else. But they wanted to have McCaffrey do something special because that was their new shining toy. And it really backfired real fast on them. I just, you look at the Chiefs, they're so consistent. Again, I throw at these numbers, and they just go through one ear and out the other. It's been an NFL record 40 straight games. They've either won or haven't lost by more than four. 
Teams get blasted in the NFL all the time. Ask the Bills. Hell, ask the Dolphins to put 70 on the Broncos and then go get blasted by the Bills. The Chiefs just don't get blasted. They're in every game. Mahomes only lost three games by more than one score. Three, and that includes the postseason. That is an incredible number. The Chiefs just put out their, uh, their list today. Most consecutive games allowing 21 or fewer points to start a season. Um, right now, they've gone uh, seven straight, which is fifth all-time with this team, tied with the 07 team, the 99 team. Number, uh, number, number four in Chiefs history is eight consecutive games. That was 1968 Chiefs. Nine straight games by the 2013 Chiefs. It was Andy Reid's uh, first year with the Chiefs. Um, and then the 10 straight in 1991 and 1971 to begin a season allowing 21 or fewer points. Uh, the NFL record book for most passing yards for seven years. Mahomes now in fifth place, 26,258 in just 87 games. Um, 26,896 is right in front of him, Derek Carr, but that was in 110 games. Dan Marino in 101 games, 14 more games than Mahomes, 27,853. Matt Ryan, then Peyton Manning in 112 games is the record, 29,442. Stay tuned for that. NFL leaders, most games, 400 yards passing since 2017. Mahomes has 10 of them. Dak Prescott, believe it or not, has nine. Coming in with uh, half the number of Mahomes with five games of 400 yards passing. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Joe Burrow, and Kirk Cousins. A pretty good list of guys that have half the amount of Patrick Mahomes. And it's no, it's not like he's you know throwing 400 yards and you know a 15, 20 point loss for the Chiefs. He's not. Uh, the Chiefs record book, most games, 300 yards passing in a career. Mahomes has 44 of them. Trent Green's number two with 24. So that just keeps on growing. NFL leaders, most games with 300 yards passing since 2017. Keep in mind, Mahomes played just one game that year. Mahomes has 44 games with 300 yards passing. Number two is Tom Brady with 37. Number three is Matt Ryan with 35. Number four is Jared Goff, 33. And number five, Kirk Cousins with 31. So there you go. No, I hung up on Steve there because Steve's just a repeat caller that's always negative. I He's always from somewhere different too, Lenex or whatever, but – that was the same person. Sometimes it's, it's somebody different, but it's the same person that's always down on the Chiefs. And my only suggestion is when you're, when you're calling about this is you're going to have to find another team because I'm not going to listen to nonsense when the Chiefs have given you no reason for nonsense. They've been in three of the last four Super Bowls. They've been in five straight AFC title games. And this year, I'm not led to believe they're not going to be in the AFC title game again. And you know what? It could be in Kansas City because Kansas City holds the tiebreaker of the Jags. They have the best record. They only lost as an NFC loss. Who's better? We'll find out a lot when they play the Bills. They play the Bengals. They play these games versus these teams. They already have the win with the Jets. That's already in the bank. Already have the win against the Jags on the road. That's in the bank. They'll play the Dolphins team in two weeks in Germany. That's the big one right there, I think, is going to be the big one that starts everything. Like That's when I think everything is going to start like switching the narrative when it comes to TV. If the Chiefs win that game, then the narrative is going to be switched. Oh, the Chiefs are back. But if they lose, then they're going to be like, oh, we told you guys they're not that real of a team this year. They're taking a step back, yada, yada, yada. And I think the defense for the Chiefs, 
can run with these players on Miami. Now, I'm not saying they can stay with Tyreek one-on-one, but I think they can put them in positions where you don't get beat by Tyreek. The one thing I will say that I saw in the first half that makes me worry is that up-tempo that Chargers did in the first half was the thing that really bugged the Chiefs defense, it looked like. And Miami loves up-tempo, so it could be a mismatch with the up-tempo-ness come their offense to our defense. Yeah, and uh, as far as special teams are concerned, uh, Harrison Becker, 15 consecutive field goals to start a season. That ties Morton Anderson for the Chiefs record book. He did it in 2002. Uh, Butker's done it here in 2023. Butker has the uh, third most as well. He had 11 straight in 2018. Then Nick Lowry. Then Connor Barth, if you remember Connor Barth, as number five for the Kansas City Chiefs. So this keeps growing. Kelsey, back-to-back games. We had 100 yards in the first half. I mean, he just keeps separating things. And then I have a message that says, what, what's he done in the postseason? How about only Jerry Rice has more catches, yards, and touchdowns than Travis Kelsey, who's number two all time. And he's steaming towards his eighth straight year at 1,000 yards, which three was the record by Greg Olson. And Kelsey's going to have eight. Tony Gonzalez only had four seasons of 1,000 yards. Jason Witten only had four seasons of 1,000 yards. Robert Gronkowski only had four seasons of a thousand yards Shannon Sharp only three seasons of a thousand yards he's about to have eight and they're going to be consecutive that's insane why teams won't cover him and I have no idea why the Broncos won't but you know he's gonna have a good game against the Broncos he's got a career best 110 catches against them I have no idea why the Chargers did not try to uh, take Kelsey out of this game you know it's the only weapon the Chiefs had I mean, Rasheed Rice, okay, he's a nice player and everything, but he wasn't going to do the damage to you that Travis Kelsey did. You let these other guys eat. You just don't let 87 eat because he's consistently eating against you. Again, his record against the uh, the Chargers and Broncos, he's 15-3 and against the Broncos, and he dominates. He's 15-2 against the Chargers. I mean, what the hell, man? You know who he is. You know what he does. I kept hearing all week about how Chris Jones was the werewolf that they had to stop. They did a nice job on Chris Jones. But unfortunately for them, they put too much attention on Chris Jones and other people got back there and did damage. You know, Chiefs blitzing, uh, sprinkling in a, a tranquil blitz. Amina Hugh doing a nice job getting to the quarterback. But, yeah, the Chiefs just uh, keep finding a way. And it's unbelievable. You know, Andy Reid's got that one coach of the year in 2002. He's not going to win it this year because it always goes to somebody that had four wins or whatever, and they turn their season around. But what he's doing is harder than anybody is doing in the NFL, and that's consistently winning. I mean, at some point, just step back, watch NFL Network for a while during the week, and watch other games and see other offenses struggling, see teams struggling, and you think, okay, there's a team that got beat by more than one score. There's a team that got beat by two touchdowns. You know, it's not Mahomes. And the knock on Herbert coming out of the draft on a lot of the draft profiles was, does he have enough to where the, the team will follow him? Is the leadership quotient there? Can he make the big play? Can he win games? Like, I'm still waiting for the big moment. He had a nice 27-point cushion in the playoffs last year. The Jaguars couldn't get the job done. I do feel you put him with the right head coach. Things could turn around. Justin Herbert has a ton of talent. But again, you need all the guys to run through a brick wall for you. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, they found their guy 
in Patrick Mahomes that other guys will run through a brick wall for. It's that simple. Well, Frank Clark is not back with the Chiefs, but one guy that is back with the Chiefs is McCole Hardman, who had that nice 50-yard return. It wasn't a touchdown, but it sparked the Chiefs. Uh, he had a drop earlier in the game. Okay, get acclimated to the game. He certainly made more of a difference than Kadarius Tony and others. And even though just the one catch and Sky had two, I mean, you remember what Hardman did this game because that 50-yard return, that was nice to see for the Chiefs, the nice little spark that was provided. Our Josh Klingler, uh, the Chiefs sideline reporter, caught up with McCole Hardman on his return to Kansas City. My feet back wet kind of just uh, worked me back in. And um, probably just, you know, my role probably keep increasing a little bit, you know, as the weeks go on. But uh, I didn't fall off on nothing. I think I knew everything when I came back. So I'm um, just ready to work now. So I was just saying, how much different? No, not, not too different. A little bit of terminology, a little different. But other than that, it was fine. All right. Describe your big punt return and, and obviously the juice that gave this team and the stadium and the sideline and everybody. Well, I thought I could have returned it for a touchdown. But then I looked at the video. I did the right thing. Um, but now I just want to give our team some momentum, man. Um, He's been kicking it high and short the whole game and finally I seen a ball I can return um, made the most of it. Do you feel like this is kind of a new life for you? Uh, no, nah, I ain't going to say that. I think it's just um, just a new situation again with the, the same people basically. Um, so I'm um, just happy to be back with, the, with these guys man and try to get better every day. I was laughing as you jumped out to, to run the drills early you jumped out first in line with the wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Is that you taking over a leadership role already trying to? No, I just get my spot back man. You know, usually I would be first on everything anyway. You know what I'm saying? But until like somebody like Quiz or somebody want to go first they, I let them go because they, you know, they're older. But usually I always go first in everything so I kind of just got back in that thing. A little bit easy seeing a team you've been very familiar with as well today in the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely for me with them, it was good to come back, just, you know, get our feet wet. And um, yeah, it was a good win. Um, now it's on to um, Denver now. So. Welcome back. Thank you. All right. All right. That's McCole Hardman. Now you talk about somebody that's really happy to be back with the Chiefs. And it didn't look like a contract was offered in the offseason. But you talk about a guy happy to be back with his teammates. And I get it. He wanted to go to New York. And well, he didn't really want to go. I don't think he had a, a ton of choices or to go play football. I'll give him credit because last year he was hurt a lot worse than what I think people realize that McCole Hardman was. But, you know, it's a familiar face back here with Keith. I just wish they had that true identifiable one receiver because I know they're getting by with it and they're one of three teams in the National Football League throws over 260 yards a game. But I saw that drop there by, uh, by uh, Clyde. I saw a drop by Hardman. You know, you, you see different drops in the game or, you know, Rasheed Rice maybe – Falling down on a route, Mahomes kind of overthrew it, but it looks like he might have been able to make the catch. And it's like sometimes you bang your head like, man, if they only had somebody there to be with Rasheed Rice, to be that identifiable number one, sprinkle in some Scantlin time to time or some Watson whenever he's healthy, and then let Rasheed Rice do his deal. I thought going into the year, Rasheed Rice would have more pressure on him than I felt that Sky Moore had last year with the Chiefs and went round and round. And I still think that to this day. Because there was nobody brought in here. You lost Juju, uh, which didn't turn out to be a huge loss for the Chiefs. But he did, you know, would have had 1,000 yards if he didn't miss that game with that concussion last year for the Chiefs. But again, Rasheed Rice was the only addition. The only addition to the draft. Yeah, they did bring in Rich James, but you haven't seen him uh, play this year because uh, of injury. But that was it. It was going to be Rasheed Rice. What can you do? What can you provide? What kind of spark can you provide? for the Kansas City Chiefs, but I still wish they had identified them at number one, but you can't always have what you want. And last year, this team had to do it with the rookies. They had, what, five rookies, defensive backs, playing the Super Bowl. McDuffie, Nazi Johnson played special teams. Uh, you had Jalen Watson, 
Joshua Williams, Brian Cook, the Fab Five right there play as defensive backs that were rookies. You had Isaiah Pacheco leading rusher for this team. You know, it was a seventh-round pick, so the Chiefs had to do it through the draft. Last year, they said to find different ways to go out and win. But the message was sent uh, to the AFC. The message was sent and delivered to the AFC West that this division belongs to the Kansas City Chiefs as they continue to stiff-arm other opponents. I think uh, Kling was calling this a stiff-arm game, and that's 100% accurate as far as what the Chiefs are doing. We'll take a timeout. We'll hear uh, from you one last time, 913-586-7610. That's the Jay Southland Tow Service text line and the phone line. Be right back after this. Hey, welcome back. It's going to be a nice red Monday, I think, once again, JT. It is a little weird to think of the Broncos game yet again. Two out of three weeks, man. The schedule workers uh, didn't quite uh, fix this one, I don't think, uh, like you'd want. The Broncos, you know, hey, they get to wash that uh, game out of their mind. They won today. They're feeling good about themselves. Now they have the Chiefs where they've lost 16 straight, and they continue to have to answer questions about why the Chiefs beat them each and every time, which you would think they'd be tired of at some point, JT. Well, they got to be tired of it, but the the reporters aren't. The reporters are like, "Hey, we got an easy story right here. You've lost so many straight. How are you going to fix it? What are you going to change They're about sick this?" Sick of hearing it, but you know what? They deserve to hear it, right? Sean Payton should have been asked this in his job interview. How are you going to beat the Chiefs? Well, it didn't work the first time. His offense did nothing, and it it was cra- it was quite crazy because their offense was the only thing that was working for them until they played us. Then their offense didn't work, but their defense their red zone defense worked phenomenally so yeah the defense did look good they they played better so um it'll be interesting to see who makes the most adjustments but i think there's gonna be a lot of adjustments made by both teams and the one thing about them that makes it a little scary is i mean how many times in a row can you beat a team <laughs> the chiefs have beat them 16 straight times Mahomes has never lost to him he's 12 and 0 against them you go back and even lynn dawson had a great record against the broncos I mean, it is amazing what the Chiefs have done on that team. Again, Mahomes in his career, he's 9-1 and one against the Raiders, 8-2 and two against the Chargers now, and he's 12-0 uh, and 0 against the Broncos. The Chiefs have won the last 16 because you had to go back to before Mahomes. Think about life before Mahomes. That's Alex Smith that's part of that uh, continual streak. Travis Kelsey's 15-3 and three in his career against them. But that'd be the number one uh, interview question I had. What do you plan on doing and beating the Chiefs? It's a very simple question that college coaches you get asked all the time. How are you going to beat a rival? How are you going to beat them? What are you going to do? How bad do you want to beat them? Well, and the crazy thing about the Denver like streak is they've had so many chances to do it because of them playing us late in the season. Like literally the first game Patrick Mahomes ever won on his rookie season in his rookie season was in week 16 against the Broncos. He won that game. His number one target was Albert Wilson. Then you think about it a couple years later, they're playing us with our backups again. And guess what? They still can't beat us. Patrick Mahomes gets a knee injury on the QB sneak. They can't beat us. Like it's insane. They've had opportunities where they could have done it because We've had our backups in because we're like, hey, we're going to save our, we're resting our starters, and they still haven't done it. It's got to be a psychological thing now. I know there's not a many players on that team that have gone through every single game, but it's still a psychological thing for all players and that whole organization. Yeah, because they hear about it all the time. 
Devon Miller was tired of hearing about it before he went to Buffalo. He's tired of hearing about losing to the Chiefs. I mean, you go eight years, the Royals weren't quite world champions yet. In 15, they weren't, of course, from 85, but so many things have changed. But to lose 16 straight, that'd be the number one question. And, and they felt that way with Peyton, Sean Payton, that uh, he can get the job done. So why they made that move for Russell Wilson, they thought that was going to be the answer. I don't know why they paired him with Nathaniel Hackett, but they thought that would work and find a way to beat the Chiefs. Well, you know why he was with Nathaniel Hackett, because they thought they could get Aaron Rodgers, and they didn't. It backfired deeply into him last year, and uh, Russell Wilson has not done a thing for this team. That's good. He set him back with all the draft picks for him. Exactly, and I I listened to someone, and it goes like this. Yeah, Russell Wilson has been better this year than last year, but he's still not good enough to win you games. Like, you, you traded so much for him, he has to help you win games, and he's not helping you win games right now. No, he's not. They've won two. They did win today. Uh, it's a bad division. The Raiders get blasted. Uh, they had Hoyer starting today, which I mean, it shows you where they sit. But they lost today. The Chiefs have never lost in Las Vegas. They've won 16 the last 19 against the Chargers. The, the team that's everybody's darling. The team that everybody says is Los Angeles, man. They're the team that's going to go out and beat the Chiefs. Well, I still think the Chargers have the second-best talent in the AFC West. Which isn't saying a lot. The AFC West is supposed to be great last year. You know, Russell Wilson going to Denver. Brendan Staley's finally going to turn things around with Justin Herbert in L.A. I give them credit. They actually did make the playoffs, even though they spotted the Jags 27 points. Still found a way to lose the game. He should be fired when he gets off the plane. Not my choice, not my team. But if you're a Chiefs fan, you want Brendan Staley to keep his job. Well, yeah, as a Chiefs fan, you do. But I thought Staley should have been fired before he even got on the plane in Jacksonville in the playoffs last year. That was just how I felt. They have to understand they're not going to get anywhere with their team, with their quarterback, until they move to an offensive-minded head coach. And I think that's why Kellen Moore is there right now. I think that is a prime example because guess what? The organization, the owners, they are cheap stakes. Whether you like to hear it or not, those guys for the Chargers are cheap stakes and they want to keep everything in-house, and that's why they went and got Kellen Moore because it's not going to make them pay extra to go get someone else. You know, Kellen Moore, what had the uh, most points per game two years ago in Dallas, was like number two or three last year. I think he'll be the next head coach there because you pay, pair him with uh, with Justin Herbert and see which direction, which is funny because Brandon Staley was actually a quarterback in college. Like, he actually cut his teeth on the offensive side. The Eagles now up 24-17. to 17. On the Miami Dolphins. Did the brotherly shove in their own territory on a fourth and one? Did it work? It worked. It worked. Well, I mean. Why are they the only team that can do that? <laughs> it's because of how low their offensive line gets. Jason Kelsey gets so low. Also. He does. Uh, so last week they actually got called for offsides. And I listened to their podcast, New Heights, with Jason and Travis Kelsey on it. And they, the referees thought that there was an offensive lineman's hand in front of the ball. Come to find out, it's Jason Kelsey. When he is doing the brotherly shove, he's in a four-point stance. So he has two hands on the ground ready to go. He doesn't have one hand on his knee. He's got two hands on the ground, and he just hikes it and goes down. It's an incredible play that works all the time. It's so frustrating watching it. But I give him credit because other teams try it, and they just can't do it. I've seen so many college teams try it, and they can't do it. Then the Chiefs tried it once, but it was like fourth and two. Fourth and two with your backup, backup tight end. And, and you had James Winchester in yeah. at 206 pounds instead of Creed Humphrey over 300 pounds. 
Because you had your special teams in trying to do it. Oh, that's that's that was against Andy Denver. Reed wishes he could take that one back. That was that was against Denver. That was our practice game. <laughs> but again, it's crazy, and the Chiefs have definitely set the mark, and other teams around the AFC, the different fan bases, looking back at it and saying, uh, "Are the Chiefs ever going to falter?" And again, credit Andy Reid for what he's been able to do, the market consistency. Watch other games in the NFL and watch other teams struggle offensively. You'll notice it's been a defensive league this year because teams do it but trying to find a way to beat the chiefs and you know for a while different teams cried about the chiefs getting all the calls and, and not them they don't look back at the fact that jerry judy threw a temper tantrum last year midway through the field took, took his helmet off shoved a referee or bumped the referee and did not get flagged but yet they'll bring it up if the chiefs do it uh the chiefs were seventh in the nfl in penalties they'd actually climb their way up into the top five but then Thursday night football happened and stuff, but they were seventh going into this week. That number's probably going to climb after today. Seventh in penalty yards at 356. So they're in the top third of the NFL teams, penalized and penalty yards. So the Chiefs are not getting all the plays as Philadelphia is lining up once again for a brotherly show. It is so easy. Like, I just, like, I mean, if it's fourth and one, third and one, I'm just like, the defense at this point. I don't know why the defensive tackles don't even just get on their hands and knees at this point. And the Chiefs kind of did it with Kelsey when he got that, though. They kind of shoved him in there. There was Trey and Creed helping him out, helping him get into the end zone. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, can we talk about the strength Travis had with the football? Because he put it on his head. He just, did. I was, like, I was like, how did it not get knocked out? Was, well, he wanted in the end zone, man. He wanted in the end zone. He had a hell of a game. And again, uh, what he was on pace for was crazy. Uh, definitely on pace for his best game. In history, it's uh, kind of funny that his two best games, uh, receiving yards 191 and then 179, were both against the Chargers. And why they don't cover 87, I have no idea. They decided to block uh, Chris Jones, but then everybody else got theirs. So why don't they ever uh, try to uh, cover what the Chiefs have, which is number 87? JT, great job once again. Thanks to Pete Sweeney, ArrowheadPride.com, the editor-in-chief. Thanks to uh, Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, Broncos, can the Chiefs make it 17th straight? We'll find out before they head to Germany the week after that. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow.